Monday, everybody. We are back with another Art House Rewind. I'm Matt. I'm Brian. I'm Arliss. And together, we're here to talk about all things film art and culture as it pertains to Art House Cinema and Pub, newly reopened, up and running, and the Babcock Theater in Billings, Montana. Gentlemen, how are you? Good. Doing good. You good? Everybody a little tired after the just the onslaught of loveliness that we've had the last few days? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. So much so much brain power, too. <laughs> yes, you have a lovely brain. That is what I was fishing for. Arliss, I'm Sorry. glad you could go there. So we're going to talk about how the weekend went and uh, rewind on some things, if you will. But before we do, let's talk about what's coming, just in case you need to know all the things. So we've got three screens at the Art House, and we've got the Babcock. So there's a lot of information coming your way. All of it can be found at arthousebillings.com. You can get your tickets and info and all that stuff. But Brian... Tell the people what they need to know what's upcoming in the next few days. Well, first things to know is that um, all three films that we had this week at Art House, we are holding on to for an additional week. So Killers of the Flower Moon, Next Goal Wins, and The Holdovers are still uh, staying on at Art House, as well as we are adding the new Todd Haynes film, May-December, with Julian Moore and Natalie Portman. So come check that one out or any of the other ones you haven't caught yet because, hey, we got so many films. You're not just seeing them all in a day now. I mean, I guess you could, but, oh, boy, that was a long day in the theater. But we have a restaurant, so you could We have have a restaurant and restrooms. And (laughs) restrooms. All the things you need. Yeah. So So come check those out. And then at Babcock, we have uh, The Exorcist. I'm going a little out of order because that was the first one that came to mind, but uh, we have uh, The Exorcists for its 50th anniversary as late night on Saturday. But before that, we have uh, our movie buffs free screening of Fantasia, two of those uh, in the afternoon. So come check out Fantasia. It is one that I, if I'm able to, will be checking out because... That is one that Brian has never seen. What? So <gasps> I need to... It happened. It happened. Matt what? saw something that Brian hasn't seen. Mm-hmm. So uh, Fantasia's movie buffs, we want to make sure that everybody knows this is a free screening. Yep. This is a part of like our work as nonprofit in Billings. We're excited to invite anybody and everybody to come check it out. Two screenings of it. So Two screenings okay. of it, 2 and 5.30. Yes. So. And it is, it is one that Arliss does like. So <laughs> Wow. Okay, this is like a trifecta. Arliss <laughs> likes it. Brian hasn't seen it, but... Matt has. I like it. What's next? Anything else they need to know, Brian? Uh, Yeah. So other than that, we also have on Sunday, we have the last of our Noir Vembers. It is 1955's Kiss Me Deadly. It was kind of on the tail end of what was considered the classic Noirs, but uh, it is really, it's a really great one. I watched it just couple months ago again and it's still really great so come check out kiss me deadly uh based on the mickey spillane novel of the same name and then on the wednesday we have a special event uh put on by red eagle soaring uh they are doing a double feature of films about Native Americans, um, particularly pertaining to like the boarding school situation uh, that was uh, part of the history of Native Americans in this country. And uh, they, we have two films on that. We have uh, Indian Horse at one o'clock and then at 
Uh, six o'clock, we have Bones of Crows. Bones of Crows is actually a new film. Indian Horse is a couple years old, but it, Bones of Crows is actually a new film. Those are both free as well, so cool. come check those out. Um, both of those on the 29th again. That's the Wednesday of next week. And then on Thursday, the 30th, um, one of our newer employees, Eric Greider, his staff birthday pick was Tommy Boy. Yes. So we have Tommy Boy on the big screen at Babcock on the 30th. I love it. Well, that's the podcast. That's all we had time for. So, <laughs> gentlemen, I'm just joking. We've got uh, lots of stuff to talk about. But as always, we do want to try to keep it to that 15, 20 minute, what we call Billings Drive Time length. And so we're going to talk about the three films that we've been playing this past weekend. Um, and how, here's how we're going to structure it. We're going to talk about the film. We're going to talk about what customers are saying, what we ourselves felt about it. But we are going to get into some spoiler territory on these films. So we'll give you like non-spoilery, spoilery, here's where they were. And then we will jump into, in particular this week, two films. We're going to talk about uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, and we're going to talk about Next Goal Wins. And then next week we'll talk about the next two. So I know everybody good? Everybody good? Listener, hope yeah, you're right. good. So here we go. <laughs> so the first film we'll talk about today, we had The Holdovers. Uh, Brian, what is, what is this film about? What do people need to know about it? If you're doing the film intro at Art House, what would you say? So Holdovers is a new film from Alexander Payne, uh, who has done films like About Schmidt and Sideways, um, but more particular to Billings, he did Nebraska that was mm-hmm. shot here about 10 years ago. So uh, it is... Got Paul Giamatti, and it's a story of sort of students on college campus that are unable to go home for the holidays, and so they're stuck on campus with Paul Giamatti as one of the professors that kind of stays around to make sure that um, they are chaperoned while they are on campus. And uh, yeah, people are really enjoying it. It's a it's a comedy um, in that Alexander Payne sort of, you know, elevated comedy, I guess you'd say. And uh, yeah, holiday as well. Yeah. Super. So I've watched the first half of it. So um, super Christmassy, like even more than I thought it was like, even a lot of the soundtrack and stuff has. So I think great holiday film to carry on through the, the holidays. If you want, people are emotionally impacted by this film in a way that I did not see coming. Like Nebraska was great. Sideways was great. I like those, but I didn't walk away like super like emotional yeah. about what I, I enjoyed it. But I didn't. I wasn't super. This one is grabbing people because of the performance of Giamani and the student in particular, uh, just doing really really well and what they're talking about and where they're yeah. going. So people are are really really enjoying it. Played really well throughout the weekend too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's I mean almost neck and neck with Killers of the Flower Moon, which is big deal. We love it. Yeah. So. Speaking of Killers of the Flower Moon, I don't think we need to say much about it, but Arliss, what do people need to know about this film? Uh, It takes place in the 1920s Osage tribe where a bunch of natives were starting to get... So the overall story is that people were getting murdered, and so it became one of the first major FBI cases because they had to go to the government to even get it investigated, but the film follows a love story between Lily Gladstone's character and Leonardo DiCaprio because there's a whole thing going on behind the scenes about why all these natives were getting killed. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you loved it. 10 out of 10 for you. Yep. Big time. Seen it it twice before we even got it. (laughs) That's all. So So it's three and a half hours. So that's a big commitment. And so 10 out of 10 for Arliss is a big deal. Uh, Brian, you saw it. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big Scorsese fan in general, and it's uh, 
it's impressive to see that even into his 80s, he is still delivering some of the best films of his career. And uh, yeah, it's super engaging, does not feel like three and a half hours really? to me. And the the story, just the way it unfolds, it just keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time. And yeah, I, I know some people that have read the book were kind of commenting on how um, it plays out differently than within the book. And yep. I mean, part of me is almost like that... To be able to do it on film, I think you almost have to do it that way because uh, we'll, we'll talk about more in spoiler okay. talk, I guess. Okay. Got it. And then the last film that we had uh, is Next Goal Wins. It's Taika Waititi. Yeah. Uh, kind of light comedy, but mm-hmm. also I, it feels like he's trying. So Taika Waititi did Thor Love and Thunder. He did What We Do in the Shadows. Jojo Rabbit was probably his most like critically acclaimed film, Oscar, Oscar nominee. For that. Yep. Yep. So anyways, uh, this is him kind of doing what I would call more that Jojo Rabbit speed as far as comedy with a heartfelt message, um, but centers around a soccer team and sports and kind of that sports story. So people looking for a fun time uh, and just a, a good time. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon is not that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Next Goal Wins is that as yeah. far as just that that good, lighthearted, fun film yeah. on that stuff. So we're going to jump into the spoiler territory. So if you don't want to hear any of our true, honest thoughts about any of these, uh, jumping into that. Now is the time to turn off and you can come back to us. Brian, Next Goal Wins, we're talking about this. You're yeah. the one that saw it. What did you feel about it? What did you think about it? So I, I started out with Next Goal Wins thinking that I – the first half hour or so, I was like, this is just as good as classic Watiti as, you know, Hunt for the Wilder People or Jojo Rabbit that I felt like I don't understand because it has pretty lower end reviews right now. It's, you know, maybe a little mixed, but mostly on the negative end. Yeah. And I was kind of that first half hour, it's like, I don't quite understand why it's getting so much hate. But then at a certain point, I felt like it just sort of turned became generic sports movie and had less of his brand of humor and charm mm-hmm. into it. And so I kind of lost some of the interest of it at that point. I also don't necessarily think that Michael Fassbender was the best choice for hmm. a lead in this. Like, I think he, you know, they show some of the real person at the end, and I think he kind of has the look of the guy, but I just... I feel like he hasn't really done a comedy role. And even as the straight guy, I feel like there's other, like I was telling Arliss earlier, I think someone like a, um, like a John Hamm or someone could have been a little bit more charming in that role than a Michael Fassbender. I just wasn't really, um, which is interesting because he's been out of acting for a while and this is like one of his first roles. Yeah. Well, he's got, and the killer (laughs) at the same time. Full swing on both of them. Yeah. I was wondering what he's been up to. (laughs) He's back in the scene. So, um, so yeah, I was there. Uh, Also, Elizabeth Moss is in this and Mm -hmm. I feel like that was kind of a waste because she doesn't really do anything. (laughs) That whole, so I've seen a a few minutes in the beginning of the film, Will Arnett, Elizabeth Moss, Elizabeth Moss show up and like, it just felt like, Taika Waititi yeah. fans getting to hang out on set for a couple of days. Yeah. And Will I Arnett, did not expect them to come Will back. Arnett was brought in later because originally his role was uh, Army Hammer, and then they replaced oh, him really? in reshoots okay. with Will Arnett. Okay. Um, and then they kind of expanded that role because it was Will Arnett. You know, it went from more of a cameo into more of a role after that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's a good enough story, but after a while I just started to feel like this doesn't feel... 
like Watiti anymore. But that first half hour definitely was everything I wanted it to be. And mm-hmm. I was loving it until it just, again, kind of just became a, this is a movie I've seen dozens of times. Sure. And I think one of the interesting things, because we haven't... And it is a true story, too. Because <laughs> we haven't done, like, uh, spoiler talks and our honest feedback on films we're actually playing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's interesting because we want to be honest about how we felt about it, but we want you to come and check it out, it's too. For sure. Like, we're not trying to get people to not come to movies right now, but yeah. I think it's it's worthwhile, it's fun, and, you know, if you're looking for that in our repertoire of films right now, that would be... Uh, it mm-hmm. would fit that that mark yeah. for sure as something to do. So yeah. let's jump to Killers of the Flower Moon. Our list, 10 out of 10. Uh, give us your thoughts on why you think it's a 10 out of 10. Because again, listener, that's a rare thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so usually I give stuff a 10 out of 10 for movies that I wish I made personally. So it's so when you see stuff like The Revenant on there, it's like, yeah, I wish I definitely that was me behind the craft of that. Is it, film, is it a Leonardo DiCaprio thing? Yeah, <laughs> that was a. I did not realize that's why I brought that up. But anyways, uh, for me, it's there's a lot to unpack from this mm-hmm. era, like especially just for American history, and if it's not. It's not something that's usually taught in classes. And then if you want to go the movie route, there's, there is a Jimmy Stewart Killers of the Flower Moon movie, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, of course, it's 1950s, so it doesn't really... It's not the same. Yeah, yeah, not the same. And so a lot, a lot of my love for this movie was just the Scorsese's ability to get a story out of that. Yeah. So what we were talking about, the love story going on but of course this is still one of his gangster movies there's a whole conspiracy about mm-hmm. how they're getting the getting the money and they're doing it by marrying native women and then figuring out how to get their head rights for yeah. the land that they got oil on and yeah. so a lot of it starts out with like you got to take out, start taking out her sister, start taking out her other sister, and then get her mom, and then now the family member is the only one that's left, and so that's why I think the length of the film really does help it a lot. And amongst the way, you get to see Leonardo DiCaprio's character, which I did get lost in his role only because I've never seen him play someone like this really stupid, yep. and <laughs> really? it got to the point too where it was like I knew what he was doing was bad, but then when the FBI showed up in the movie and I'm like, dude, just stop talking. You're being (laughs) like, you're getting yourself in deeper. But then it was strange for me, like as the native to be like, to be rooting about the the, the the bad guy. It was, so I had a lot of fun in that aspect. And one of my favorite Robert De Niro performances personally, Mm -hmm. like he, like he's the main bad guy in this Mm -hmm. movie, but it's just like the way his on-screen presence is more like charming and manipulative. So the overall theme of gaslighting goes through this movie, especially for Molly's character, because mm. a lot of it is just seen like as an audience member, you know what they're doing is bad, but then just their ability to sell people on agreeing with them. Like yep. if like, yeah, your sister is sick right now. And then they bring up the fact that she's been getting sicker. And then they're like, well, that's just the way medicine works sometimes. And sometimes your medicine doesn't work either. And so it's just, Mm -hmm. it's a whole mashup of just, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I I like all of those things. Brian, any thoughts on killers? Yeah. So like I was hinting at with earlier with the book, the 
difference yeah. where the book is much more of a mystery. Yeah. And this kind of in the sense of like you you have two big star white actors. You know who the bad guy yeah. is. <laughs> like even it's like the, there's even not really the a way trailer, that you can, it feels like you're yeah, like, oh, like, that guy's no good. Exactly. So yeah. it's like you can't really do the mystery justice on a screen, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I think that uh, everyone is just firing on all cylinders when it comes to performances. Even like you said, Leonardo DiCaprio playing kind of an idiot, but yeah. uh, but still believably so, and not yeah. you know, and especially too, just like with the filmmaking revealing stuff to the audience. So part of the thing I say about gaslighting is that there's a there's a moment where. Uh, you don't see who's attacking like yeah. the private detective mm-hmm. and who's attacking all these people trying to help the Osage. And then, and then he like Scorsese pulls the carpet from under you being like, cause reading the novel, I was like, Oh yeah, he was involved the whole time, but it was like Leonardo DiCaprio's character intentionally going and yeah. ruining their investigations and being yeah. part of trying to cover up stuff for his uncle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the score? You guys have any comments on the score? Because that's something that's I really enjoyed the score a lot. I was it. W- it was one of those times when I was, you know, a lot of times when you think of great scores, you think of like the Indiana Jones and the Star Wars, yeah. those John really Williams, or those ones that really just kind of bring you in. And I feel like you know, in the last twenty years or so, there's few. Uh, scores that really like stick with you like that one does but this one I, I was really thinking like man this is a score that is sticking with me yeah so. beautiful yeah. cool well gentlemen thank you for the insight thank you for the thoughts if you want to come and check out all of these things we're at Art House obviously lots of stuff happening at Babcock mm-hmm. man we're open things are going well we're going to get a nap someday but right now we're just having yeah. lots of fun yeah. running and gunning yeah. running and gunning so I know uh, normally we would have two days off right now and we're <laughs> nope we're open every day we're now. open every day seven days a week baby here we go so yeah. hope you're doing well and we'll tune in next week and hope to see you at a movie real soon bye everybody bye.